In today's show, we're looking ahead to Saturday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's 10 games on Saturday. Let's crack in. First one, Raptors Bucks. Um, Back to back for Toronto. Scotland Barnes missed Tuesday. Gary Trent has missed Sunday and Tuesday. Um, they're both questionable for Friday, so we don't know whether they're going to go on Sunday or on Saturday, sorry. So we're going to be watching for the role of Chris Boucher regardless because you know we're seeing big minutes for him with players out, but where does he fit if they play? That, I think, is a pretty key thing to determine his value. And then Pascal Siakam, who has seen an increase in his ball handling and his distribution and his assist numbers have gone up. Is that because Barnes has been out the last couple? It's only been one game and Barnes has been ineffectual a couple before that. Is Siakam stealing Barnes' value in terms of being that ball handler player? I think that's a big possibility. So watching Siakam and the statistical profile and if it keeps keeps developing in this direction. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday may return. We don't know with his ankle problem. Um, but we saw last game, Wes Matthews, I thought, played a pretty good game. You're getting minutes over Jordan Wara, DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, starting alongside Grayson Allen. You're watching both of those guys. Who's the guy that moves to the bench when Drew returns? Is it Grayson or is it Wes? Can either of them maintain 12-team value? Well, Wes doesn't actually have it. Grayson did last game. But where does their value lie? Or is it just another of those names in the wing rotation that's going to make that and Hill and Connaughton and DiVincenzo just completely messy and unrosterable? I think that's probably the most likely scenario with Wes Matthews starting to play at a a pretty high level at the moment. The Blazers and the Wizards. We don't know about Anthony Simons. The logic doesn't add up to me that he would be in Florida for a funeral. He would fly out of Florida for a game on Saturday against the Wizards, and then come back to Florida for two more games when he's grieving the death of his uh, grandfather on a season that's going nowhere. I would think surely he would just stay in Florida, but here's a chance he might fly up and meet the team. I really, really doubt that, but we'll see. And then if Simons is out, we're watching Dennis Smith Jr. Now, if Simons plays, Smith doesn't really get that much run. But Smitty played 36 minutes last game, and he becomes a really top-end streamer. And if you did add him, you hold him, until we hear about Simons. Otherwise, if you didn't add him, grab him and just see what goes on there. Larry Nance, we expect to be out. I don't know when CJ McCollum's coming back, by the way. I know that they said his, you know, his wife has had the baby, which is true. But they are in the midst of a road trip that lasts through till Sunday, January the 23rd. Does he leave home after the new baby's born to join them on the road trip? Or does he just rejoin the team 25th of January um, against Minnesota? and stay home for that first week of the baby's life. So while the baby is born, is is CJ coming back on Monday? Don't know. Anyway, Larry Nance still out with his knee injury. So Bob Covington is going to continue to have some pretty good value. 
Will Covington start over Nance when he's back? I don't know. But I think this is going to continue to be a messy situation for most of the season. While for the Washington Wizards, we want to watch Tom the Tank Bryant. Did some things. Hit some shots in his first game. Minutes were low, but it's really the Harold Bryant, Gafford, Triumvirate, and their minutes that we want to be paying attention to. Can any of them get 25 to 26 minutes a night? I think that feels really unlikely. Because again, if they get 26 minutes a night, that means the other two have to split 22. And I don't really know how that goes down. So watching that will be interesting. While the future MVP, Kyle Kuzman, has been putting up gigantic numbers. Big usage, big minutes, big efficiency. Those three things will not stay high long-term. So which one of them is going to be the first to drop? How does his role go for the rest of the season? What, is, what happens when they eventually start to play Rui Hachimura more? Do they eventually play, play Rui Hachimura more? These are the big questions with Kuz. Um, but watching how he plays, he's playing at a really high level. Obviously, career best type numbers at the moment for the future MVP. The Knicks and the Hawks. Cam Reddish will not be playing against his former team. Cam Reddish is in fact out a while, according to Tom Thibodeau with the ankle problem. Out a while <clears throat> with an ankle problem. Tied in with uncertain role, uncertain um, shooting, uncertain of how the coach views him as a player. I would not say that Reddish's upside is anywhere near high enough to hold through an injury which may be designated as out a while. You might have an opinion that differs, but he's not that good that if he misses three weeks, I need to hold through all of that. Look, there's a chance that even when he returns, he's not a top 150 player anyway. Do whatever you need to do. Drop him, hold him, see how you view him versus how I view him. It might be completely different. But... This coming here already injured and out of wire, whatever that means, it's a nebulous term, but whatever it means, I don't know. It doesn't instill me with much confidence. Rowan Barrett's been great. 32 points, I think, in each of the last two games. Scoring really well. Minutes like 40 plus. Efficiency through the roof, which we know has always been the bugbear of his game. Um, yeah, let's watch it. See how it goes. It's a good defense for him to go up against. And then for the Hawks, there's no reddish there, obviously. So Herder and Hunter. How are their minutes going to be distributed? Who will start? Will it be bloody Timotei Lawawu Cabarro again? With Hunter and Herder coming off the bench. Herder's actually questionable with a foot injury for this game. That's for Friday's game, sorry. Which yeah, might carry over to Saturday. What, what does Hunter look like? He is a guy that has convinced everyone that he is a stud based on 20 games at the start of his second year. I'm not ready to be convinced that he's that player. Um... I'd happily be proven wrong or have him convince me of that. I just don't think that that's where he is or where he will be as a player. But the opportunity has arisen and both of these guys should be on a 12-team roster with that reddish trade. Before we move in to talk about the next game though, BetOnline has interrupted this special broadcast to wish you a happy new betting year for 2022. BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action for 2022. So it's a new year, it's a new updated desktop site, or they've got their old mobile site there as well. And you can go and sign up, sign up using the code LOCKDOWN, and that gives you a 50% welcome deposit bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Let's start with the Pelicans and the Nets. Brandon Ingram. 
I said earlier in the year that he's just one of the most boring fantasy players there is. There's no real improvement going on with him. He's just sort of doing what he does. And I still stick by that statement. Like he's just still just producing the same sort of numbers, which is totally fine. It's actually a breath of fresh air to have a bloke who sort of just does what he does. Now, he did have some rough shooting to begin this season. He's been a little bit more up and down than he's been in the past, but he's still just sort of doing what he does. And I expect him to continue to do what he does. I want to see if we can get anything from him, like more defensive stats, higher overall efficiency, more threes. I don't know, just something. And then the backup point guard at the moment, it's Jose Alvarado, and he's playing over Thomas Sadoransky, and he's showing me Patrick Beverly skill sets in fantasy skill sets. Really a name to watch that if Devontae Graham gets hurt or traded or benched or whatever, and they start Alvarado, an unsexy eight-point top 100 fantasy line is possible. Like he might average eight, six, and six with 1.6 steals and 0.7 blocks with two threes a game. Like he might do that. And that is unsexy because he scores low points, but it's got Patrick Beverly written all over it. So just continue to watch Alvarado. For the Nets, Dayron Sharp. He's played some okay minutes lately, but there could be the situation where Claxton and Aldridge return. So does Sharp stay in the rotation? Will they play Claxton, Aldridge, Griffin, and Sharp? Does someone miss out? Where does he fit? And then also Cam Thomas. Of course, Kyrie Irving's out. Thomas has played um, 28, 27, 26, 16, and then 33 minutes in his last five games. So minutes are up. Do they go with him as that big bench scorer? Do they keep Mills in the bench unit? Does Mills start? Like, where is Thomas trending? It's trending well. It's trending in the right direction. But there's still inconsistencies in the playing time. The Cavs and the Thunder. Isaac Okoro very much could be back. He's listed questionable for the game on Friday. So even if he doesn't play Friday, he could return on Saturday. What does that do to Rajon Rondo? What does that do to Lamar Stevens, who's played some decent minutes, Stevens, and scored pretty well in a couple of games? Does he go back and play 16 minutes? Does Rondo play 15? Where do they fit in with Okoro back? And can Okoro himself do anything? And then Kevin Love, who was playing awesome in low minutes, and then his minutes went up and was still awesome. Now his minutes have come back down, like really down. And the production's dipped. Still holding him, still a must-roster player. But watching what the minutes look like, I think is interesting. Well, for the Thunder, I imagine they go back and start Aaron Wiggins again. I don't think we need anything to do with him in 12-team leagues, maybe 16 teams. But watching if there's any sort of development in him is interesting. When Trey Mann, very intriguing player. I don't like him as a prospect particularly. Um, his role is interesting. An injury to Dort or Shea in particular or Giddy might open up some very intriguing playing time for Man. So just watching him in his 20-minute-a-night role, does that push to 25? Can we see some flashes of things which might be good for us from a fantasy perspective? The Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Tyrese Maxey returned last game and didn't play particularly well. This is a back-to-back for Philly. So we'll see how Maxey looks. He played 38 games. 38 games. He didn't play 38 games. He played 38 minutes on Wednesday. And these numbers have obviously declined a lot since the start of the season. I still think he's a 12-team league player, though. While also the big avocado, Andre Drummond. Last game, and in a couple of games recently, they have been playing Drummond alongside Joel Embiid. It worked okay in one game, and the other one not so much. Drummond is still massively, massively over-rostered. Um, but more, I, w- I don't want to watch to see if he's a 12-team league guy, because I know that he isn't. But I want to see if they decide to go to this Drummond-Embiid front court anymore. 
For the Miami Heat, we have the word that Bam Adebayo will be returning on Monday. Um, basically, bang on target. That means we've got two more games where Omer Yetzevan can put up some numbers. I'm watching to see how Deadman impacts him here. Deadman played 18 minutes first game. It is a back-to-back. I do. I think it's probably a less than 1% chance that Yurtseven starts next to Bam, as many people have been hopefully wishing will happen. Many people have asked me this. I really don't see them doing it, um, but I, 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 it's a possibility. I just don't see it happening. Um, and then Caleb Martin has been playing well. Jimmy Butler, who, look, is this bloke ever going to play? I don't know. Um, but what do they do with Martin when he moves to the bench? You know, does Struess continue to start? How does Robinson, Struess, Hero, Martin, Vincent, how do they all get enough minutes? The answer is they don't. But watching Caleb Martin without Jimmy Butler will give us more of an idea of where that rotation sits. The Clippers and the Spurs. Amir Coffey, the Farmers Union, he was pretty shit-ass last game, as were the entirety of this squad. I think Coffey will start again. I think his minutes will push back up. And if you did add him, you hold. He's not a high-priority guy. He's not a high-upside player. But he is a guy that you take a flyer on in 12-team leagues. And I'd like to give him at least one more game to see where it goes. And then Serge Ibaka. I don't expect Isaiah Hartenstein to play. He could play, but I don't expect him to play. And Serge has been doing okay in his 20 minutes. I don't know where Serge's value sits after that. And he was getting outplayed by Justice Winslow as a backup center. So watching what Surge can do in deeper leagues here will be intriguing. While for the Spurs, a back-to-back for them, they should be getting back into full minutes. Keldon Johnson, I expect. Can Keldon Johnson change my mind as to be a 12-team must-roster player? I don't think so. But should be back in a larger role here. And then with the hopeful return at some point of, of Derek White, he is out again on Friday. He might be back Saturday. We don't know. Um, where's Bryn Forbes going to sit? Forbes' minutes are all over the shop. You know, the last two games, 18 and 32. And the 32 was a game that he played when Vassell and Johnson both played. So predicting that's impossible. Um, and just watching, can there be some stream value for Forbesy? Um, or does he fall completely out of the rotation when Derek White returns? The next game we take a look at is the Bulls and the Boston Celtics. Um, DeMar Rosen, I want to watch because he has been slumping outside the top 100 over the last two weeks. Efficiency down. I imagine it comes back pretty quickly, but I'd need to see it. And it hasn't been there. And then Kobe White, Alex Crusoe out until at least next Wednesday. He obviously, like perhaps Derek White, like perhaps Christos Porzingis, have been hit harder by COVID than others. And people go, oh man, why aren't they out of protocols? Only six days. Like protocols is not some, um, you know, just think, well, you get COVID, so you've got to sit six days and come back. It's not just there for the sake of it. Like these blokes just might actually be really sick and COVID might've hit them and hit them pretty hard and they're just not recovering as well as others. Some people get into COVID protocols, they're asymptomatic and they sit around you know, itching their balls for six days and they're ready to go. Some blokes get really sick and it costs them more time. And that's what's happening here to Alex Caruso. But it does mean that there's more opportunity for Kobe White to play minutes. There's no Derek Jones, there's no Javante Green, so they're going to have to go really hard, uh, hard heavy, no, guard heavy, with White and Desumnu playing those minutes. For the Boston Celtics, Joshie Richardson's playing good minutes, most games. Marcus Smart also now in COVID protocols, by the way. Um, so maybe he does not play on Saturday. In fact, probably pretty likely that he doesn't play on Saturday. Um, Richardson's minutes, how that compares to someone like a Dennis Schroeder, although with smart out, Schroeder's minutes will be up anyway. Can Richardson move into 12-team discussions? Probably not. And then also the Rob Williams, Al Horford mix. We're always watching that. Uh, Williams is dropping 30s most nights. Last game, he didn't as he had a trip to the locker room. And we'll see how that looks in this game. For the Lakers, can Russell Westbrook pull his kids? 
Sorry, let's try again. Kids, cover him. Can Russell Westbrook pull his fucking head in and stop taking terrible shots? Russell Westbrook is right when he says, hey, you know, I, I miss shots. I'm a, I take shots. Other players miss them too. He is 100% right in that. Nobody is expecting these players to hit 100% of their shots. It's impossible. What we're expecting, Russ, is for you not to take the worst possible shot in the world when you already know you're a below average shooter. Does that change in his mind? It appears almost definitely not. And that makes him really, really tough to roster. In fa- he is a little bit of a buy low for, fa- for fantasy because I don't expect him to be this, this bad. But I don't expect a complete mindset change. And the other guy I've been impressed with has been Austin Reeves. He played 28 minutes last game. He scored well. He's played 20 minutes in every game apart from one since he returned from COVID protocols. And he should be having a pretty strong role on this team. Whether he remains doing that or not is still a question we, we don't know the answer to. So watching him for deeper leagues is interesting. Well, for the Nuggets, last game, Faku was great. Assists and steals and hitting threes. He was unbelievably good. They've also got Will Barton questionable for this game on Saturday. So Faku could be an interesting stream. And then Jermichael Green missed last game for personal reasons. And Jeff Green stepped up and went bananas. Now, we know the story with Jeff Green. If he had a good game, that means the next one's probably going to be shithouse, as are the next five after that. Or he could have a run of three good ones. In fact, what we know about Jeff Green is that he's highly unpredictable and in general, and generally he is bad. Maybe he's predictably bad and has occasional green light games. Don't buy into it. Don't get excited about Jeff Green. But there might be more minutes coming for him if Jermichael is out. For the Magic, they're taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Trimura Kiki has seen his minutes go up recently with absences from Wendell Carter and Mo Bumba. Now, Carter is out again on Friday. Bumba is questionable. There is a chance that either or both of those guys play in the game on Saturday. So where does Trimura fit? Also, Jalen Suggs is returning. So with Suggs returning, even though they don't play the same position as Trimura, where does Suggs' minutes go? How does it impact Gary Harris, who then impacts Terrence Ross, who then impacts guys like Shumra Kiki? It's not just a, this guy impacts these guys because Suggs plays more at the two. Harris and Ross play more at the three. So players playing more at the three, like a Kiki getting minutes there, they get pushed almost exclusively to the four. So sitting how they, seeing how they all fit is interesting. Suggs is probably the most interesting one. They're like, hey, what's his playing time look like? Is he going to be a 12-team league guy? I'm, I'm, I don't mind taking a flyer. I'm skeptical of it though with how he played before and with the other players around. And then for the Mavericks, Dorian Finney-Smith's in a real slump at the moment. Um, I said earlier, Paul Zingas is out still on Friday for COVID. Maybe he returns Saturday. We don't know. I think it's doubtful at this stage. But Finney-Smith has been a little bit disappointing. He's more just a stream guy. And then Jalen Brunson's been the opposite. He's been awesome. Nearly all season, establishing himself as an NBA starter, a 30-plus minute a night player, putting up some pretty good lines on a relatively consistent basis. But I'll tell you what also puts up good lines on a consistent basis. That is Built Bar. Because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. I don't know why that came up on the screen. I've just chucked the intro, the exit uh, show up. I apologize. That's what you should be looking at. Um, yeah, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know what it is. It's the, sh- the treat that's not the sugary, fat-filled, calorie-ridden treat that you might have had in the past. This is high protein, low carbs, low fat, low sugar, low calories. But the taste, the DI... Absolutely off the charts. Cookies and cream, it's the goat. Coconut, we love it. Orange, it's awesome. And the special edition flavors, they are unbelievable. They're so good, you might you feel like you want to collect them rather than eat them. That's how good they are. So go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and save yourself 15% off the boxes of delicious built bars that you're going to get. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the back to back stream options. It's the Nuggets that we're looking at for the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back stream options. Um, 
they're that only team that has the back-to-back. So Faku, Jeff Green, the big stiffy, Bones Highland, and Austin Rivers can get you the two-for-one value there. In terms of value plays or stream options just for Saturday, we're looking at Nasir Little, Nico Batum, Benny McLemore in Portland, Eric Bledsoe, even though he played nine minutes last game for some reason, Josh Richardson, Faku, Darius Baisley, Emmanuel Quickly, Pat Connaughton, and Terrence Mann. Deeper leagues, we look at the same names. Plus, we add Grant Williams, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl Dougie McDirt, Stan Johnson, maybe. Johnson's 10-day expires. He might not even be available to play. Oh, actually, he's going to... Oh. Now, he might not even be able to play on Saturday, so just watch that one. Dwight Powell, Derek Favors, Hull Neto, DeAndre Bembry, Corey Kispert, and Trevor Ariza. And for points leagues, we're looking at Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Nasir Little, Pat Mills, Darius Baisley, Jalen Suggs, Amir Coffey, Eric Bledsoe, Devin Vassell, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Ben McLemore. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. For here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.